The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. You got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell this morning. And Carrie, another Friday morning, you know, we tape the show on Friday mornings, and another heart attack snowfall. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad we made it this time, right? Yeah, Are I didn't think it okay? was too bad. All right. So, okay, I, I'm not going to talk about inflation this show. Do you think okay. I can get through the show without talking about inflation? Mm, I think it'll be thrown in there maybe one or two places. Because I don't think I've gotten through one of these radio shows in the last 24 months without talking about I inflation. I don't think you can read an article, a newspaper, or online without looking at any financial news and not see inflation. And, of course, if you hear the bumper music, obviously you know what I'm going to be talking about. Taxes, tax time. Now, normally we don't start that till March Madness, but I can't wait till March anymore, Gary. Okay. The, the, the headlines, the shock lines about your taxes this year mm-hmm. are insane. All right. And so who is the head tax man right now in this country? Mr. Chuck Reddick. Okay. He's been that for a while, hasn't he? Uh, the IG says the 39... The- so he's being questioned here by, this is uh, Sheldon Whitehouse, a Democratic senator. That $2.4 billion in revenue was lost to the federal government Oops. as a result. That this is not a collection priority for your collection folks. That there is no strategy to address non-payment by high-income taxpayers. And the uh, Treasury IG for Tax Administration made a number of recommendations, and you... Uh, reject. Okay, so what he's this was a th- now this isn't very new, Carrie. Okay, this goes back to April twenty one, a year ago, almost. And you know why I know nothing new on Chuck Reddick? Because he rarely talks publicly. Right. He, I don't know how many. I, you know, he's the IRS commissioner, obviously, right? How many Americans think they do you think could name who the IRS commissioner is? Mm, I'd say ten percent, yeah. maybe. And he, and he's getting, but everyone knows everybody hates the IRS, right? And the problems the IRS having. But so this was a year ago. He's in the Senate Finance Committee, and basically what uh, Senator Whitehouse's question is saying: What is going on? It, you know, the, the because there was some government report that says that the IRS isn't collecting what four billion. In, in revenues from the high income earners, meaning that they're not they're not compliant, they're not you know filing properly, they're not paying their taxes that they should be paying. He goes on to say that there's no greater he he he, he kind of said there's a greater risk for somebody who's filing a return just to get the earned income tax credit than it is somebody who's making millions of dollars, right? And and so what is Chuck Reddick, Charles, Honorable Charles Reddick, how is he going to respond? To five of them. Can you tell me why? I, I think, one, I disagree with their report entirely. And I'm more than willing to, to have a discussion with you um, separately about that or anybody else with respect to sometimes what might be in those reports. But I would draw your attention to the management report there. And I think that the statement that high-income non-filers are not a priority is absolutely false. All right. Well, I'd uh, love okay. to see that because um, you're the first person who has. I'll meet with you personally and walk through it, and I'll bring our team. And we'll <laughs> Great. No, I'd love to see some evidence of that because all the evidence seems to be the exact opposite way that you're more likely to get audited if you get an earned income tax credit. That's as a false. Very poor person. That's false. And you are to be audited if you're a very wealthy person. 2019 data book, page 34, table 17A. 
high income taxpayers are audited more than any other taxpayer there, over 8% of the people over 10 million dollars. And EITC folks, it's 1.12%. And those are actually hard statistics. Great. We're about ready to issue the 2020 data book. with you. And I'm more than willing to come and sit with you on that as well, sir. Well, I guess. I would agree that if the IRS has limited resources, which we know that's an issue, that if they're going to spend the time auditing, they're going to go for the bigger fish. Because it's a better, I mean, that's just logically, although we're talking about the government, but it's as far as for the effort gain, they're going to get a lot more tax dollars from a bigger fish, a high income versus some. We we know that the, that the, the general tax return isn't being audited. Now, why the earned income tax credit is got, what do you say, 1.12% of those being audited. That's basically the crackdown on identity thief fraud. Right. Which there's quite a bit of that. And and because that's, you know, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that today. So, and and, he, and, and the commissioner uh, talked about that data book, right? The IRS data book. You can get that. That's, you can get that okay. online. Um, and I don't know why you'd want to, but you I know. I know, just a geek like me <laughs> reads it. But, but, <laughs> um, but it, you know. Sorry, Mark. I was just going to. Well, I, I mean, I, I, you know, full disclosure here, if, mm-hmm. if, if. This is going to be a, a, an hour's discussion about income taxes. See, I'm not going to talk about inflation today. I'm talking a much more exciting topic, Gary. Taxes. Mm-hmm. All right. It now, can be. Th- now, I go. I, you know, I know that um, everyone who listens to this show really, really, what they're listening here, they want to know when RMDs begin, right? So, so right. Let, let me get that out of the way, right? All right. Because um, that's 99% of the people that turn into financial shows, they want to know when RMD begins. Okay. All right. So under the new rule, which came out in the Secure Act of 2019, December 2019, it pushed the starting date from age 70 and a half to age 72. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so therefore, for your first RMD, now some people still get to, I still get the question, Mark, I thought it was MRD, not RMD. It's either. It's interchangeable. Yeah. And it's just what decade you started reading about this Required stuff. minimum or minimum required. Yeah. So it's, prior it's... to 1993, maybe 1995, well, no, probably later than that. It was probably maybe 2000s. Around 2000, it switched. So prior to that, it was always MRD. If you read in any financial planning magazine or anything, it was always referred to as MRD, minimum required distribution. Somewhere along the line, the data, the, the media switched it. And they started referring it to RMD. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, no different. Right. All right. So when is the first one due? Okay, for the first one only. This is a special rule for only your first RMD. Right. It's due April first of the year following the calendar year you attain age seventy two. Right. Now that's not April fifteenth, by the way. That's a bad April Fool's joke by right. the government. It's April first. We we've 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 prevented new clients from making that mistake many, many right. times over the decades. Okay, it's April 1st. Now, here's the here's the thing. If you wait until April 1st of the year following the calendar year you attain age 72, you'll have to do your second RMD by December 31st of that same year. So, in effect, you'll be doing two RMDs in one tax year, and that can get tax expensive. Right. So it that- depends on the situation. There are reasons why. People should wait to do that. And other times people miss opportunities because they wait till the last minute or they don't know the rules and end up costing them more in taxes. Right. And so if you don't want to end up paying the taxes on two RMDs in one tax year, many of our clients do not want to do that. So they don't wait till April 1st of the year following the calendar year they attain age 72. They do their first RMD in the calendar year they attain age 72. And by the way, it doesn't matter what month of that year you do it, i.e. if your 72nd birthday is in June, you can still do your RMD in January of that year. Okay. Um, Therefore, they do one the first RMD in the calendar year they attained age 72, and then the next year they just have one again. And like you're saying, Carrie, don't ask your neighbor what they do or they plan to do because your circumstances may be different than your neighbor's. Because, yes, we have had many cases over the years where it makes perfectly sense, good tax sense, for the taxpayer to wait until April 1st and do the double distribution. The common example is that is if in the, in the first year either one of the spouses are working, in the next year they're not. Right. So in other words, they'd have a lot more tax room 
in the second year Mm -hmm. to take the double tax hit, so to speak. All right. So we got that out of the way, right? Right. You know, all right. So, Carrie, I'll get you. We'll get you get started, and then I'm going to call back, come back, and talk about other tax issues. And by the way, just since you brought up RMDs, you might not want to wait for the minimum required distributions because many people miss opportunities to take money out at a much lower tax rate. And we meet with people in that situation and scenario all the time. Um, And you're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM. Between 9 and 10, we're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information um, about areas that may impact your financial life, whether you're working or someone who's um, already in their retirement years and want to know about spending. I'm going to say the impact of inflation, market volatility. We talk about opportunities in this complicated Um, tax code as well as traps and we're sponsored by the estate planning team the estate planning team has been around cleveland more than 35 years and is an affordable fee-based ohio registered fiduciary planning firm that has helped people build custom financial plans and provide people with objective unbiased analysis with the financial decisions they face And um, we're known for comprehensive planning and coordinated planning. And we believe firmly in um, advisors talking to one another. What we are at the estate planning team is traditional financial planner numbers crunchers. And we try to give people uh, clarity, not only save people money, hopefully in taxes or by planning and, and looking ahead and saying what steps you can take today to create future tax efficient income. Um, but also look at risk and how much risk are you taking? I know people are worried about market volatility. And do you really know your number um, to know how much risk is necessary to accomplish your long-term financial goals? Are you taking on more risk? Are you not taking on enough? Do you know? And that's what traditional financial planning number crunching does. We're not investment advisors. Our clients often do that on their own or already have an existing investment advisor they're happy with, and we coordinate with them based on what we're trying to accomplish in the plan and allows them as playing the role of their own investment advisor or their own advisor to to do a better job, and everyone's happier, and everyone's on the same page. You can call for a free no-obligation consultation. We offer those by phone or in person to see if you can benefit from the type of planning that we offer. And we provide some pre-preliminary analysis to show you areas of problems, traps, are you underspending, overspending, and much more. So if you want to take advantage of a free consultation, you can give us a call or send us an email through our website. That's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We will call you back on Monday morning. Or you can visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. The website, you can sign up for our free newsletters um, that get emailed out that also have alerts, tax law changes, financial news that may be relevant to you. And also you can listen to our previous shows and click on the link to our podcast. That's financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and Mark Donnelly here this morning. All right. So let's go through some of the shock lines with this year's taxes and that and i don't have time obviously in this hour show to go into all the detail that's behind these articles but i do recommend that if if all you're doing is reading the headlines what i call the shock lines you're not getting the real picture you have to go you have to go deeper than that but it just gives you the idea um you know that difference between tax compliance and tax planning and if these and if these headlines do concern you or worry you then that's what you need to be talking about with your professional tax preparer okay and and carry a lot of times it's that we get that you know issues like well i don't even know what i don't know right in other mm-hmm. words i don't even know what i need to be asking i don't right. even talk to my tax preparer until i drop off my information you know in march right. or whatever um, and that's that's tax compliance. That's mm-hmm. not tax planning, right? Correct. So, so if you don't know what if any of these issues concern you, or you, or you're missing an opportunity. Remember, we always talk about every tax year stands alone, right? Mm-hmm. A missed tax opportunity this year, you don't get to recoup it next year, right? All right. Um, so the idea is, if you don't know. Whether these headlines are sh- you should be concerned about or not, come see us. 
Because if, if you don't know what questions you need to be asking, mm-hmm. your te- professional tax preparer, we do. We, we work very coordinated effort with our clients, CPAs and enrolled agents. Now, a lot of our clients do their own tax return. Right. With one of the robots, right? But, you know, how, and, and I, and, and a lot of times I asked our clients, I said, well, you know, if they've got a tax issue, well, you know, you can call the, you know, I, most of them, the big ones, they have helplines. Right. Have you ever called them? I think most people not. Well, it is. They do, but usually they charge you extra to do that. Well, no, not. It Some dep- of them depends on the package. Yeah, you it bought. depends on the package you originally bought and, and, and stuff like that. But I mean, there. It, it, so even there if you're, is help. Yeah, if you're using a robot, there is, and, and it's a live help. And sometimes it's chat rooms, right? right? But, but other times you could get a live person. All right. But and honestly, with tax preparation, Mark, they're like you're just reporting what happened on the previous year. There's not a lot you can do. Ideally, you want to be proactive. And I mean, if you have more than wages hitting your tax return and starting to look ahead to create income you need. And the last week you talked about building up your cash reserve, um, take, you know, um, making choices to create income tax efficiently. Right. Yeah, it all is all part of your total financial planning. And it's it's just that coordination of effort and. You can't be an expert in all those disciplines, right? You need, you know, and if you're, and and we just don't want anyone to miss any opportunities. Because right? it really, especially tax planning, can put more net spendable dollars in your pocket, which can make a big difference. All right, so here are some shock lines. This year's income tax filing season starts January 24th, and IRS says it's going to be a frustrating one. The IRS just warned taxpayers to never take this deduction. The IRS is now warning you to do this before filing your taxes. Here's why your tax return may be flagged by the IRS. 12 questions retirees often get wrong about taxes in retirement. The IRS will stop sending out one type of taxpayer notice to try to cut down on aggravation this tax season. IRS is in a crisis, taxpayer's advocate warns. IRS warns you won't be able to file online without doing this first. Tax mistakes everybody makes and how to avoid them. Four tax filing mistakes you can't afford to make. Carrie, I could go on and on and on. All right. Um, And that's just what I read this week. And it's just not even March Madness yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So so what what is this all about? Well, Okay, let me just take that last one because I still have it in my hand. Four tax filing mistakes you can't afford to make. All right. That's a shock line, right? Right. So let's see what brilliant, what, okay, number one, not reporting all your income. Okay, I thought that was <laughs> a pretty much given. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't report all your income, that's a problem. Right, because the IRS, it's a 1099 or whatever that, you know, if you're getting notified, so is the IRS. Right. So if you're willfully (laughs) not reporting all your income, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but if you're if you're not, if you don't have a way to check off of making sure that you you received all your 1099s in the mail. Right. Right. Not that we've had any problems with the mail in the last couple of years. I had somebody, since you mentioned it, I have a client that um, didn't get one and they said, shouldn't I have gotten it by now? I said, yeah, you're going to have to call them and you should be able to request a duplicate one. And thankfully he had his little checklist because he had his IRA ones. He had annuity. He had an, it was from an inherited IRA. Right. And if you're working a side gig and you're getting a 1099, uh, you know, NEC, non-employee company, you got to report that guys. Right. Okay. Um, All right. Here's number two. Of the four tax volume mistakes you can't afford to make. Guessing at deductions. Well, I think that's pretty. <laughs> How do you, you can't guess. I mean, they give you a worksheet. I mean, it's pretty medical, property well, I mean, taxes, taxes. So again, if you're self-employed, the author is recommending you don't just make up or, excuse me, that you uh, that you just make up expenses. <laughs> I I think that's. Because you wow. really don't know how much you spent on them, but you're going to you, guess. And you needed an article on that? Right. This is what I mean by the DIY internet. Right. Um, all right. Number three, waiting until the last minute to file. Well, 
I don't know if waiting. Well, let's. That's a. I don't know. Taxes are due. The, okay, so let's talk about when are the due dates? Because we just well, this saw, year. I I think it's pushed back to April eighteenth. Right. Okay. Um, now some people are wondering: Is it going to be extended from there? Because in the previous two years of the right. Rona, because now we're in year three of the Rona, right? The first two years, remember, was pushed back a lot, right? Um, the twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. So a lot of people are asking: Is it going to be pushed back in twenty? You know, this year. I don't know why it would. Um, because of all those shock line risk, I just okay. Read. Some of those are not even any different than any other year. Um, and we still have the Rona, and we're and America's sick and tired. Okay, but still the taxes. You know that date. It's like Christmas. We know when Christmas falls. Well, Plan yeah. for it. Well, don't don't look to me. I haven't filed a, a tax return since before October fifteenth. I since I can remember. Yeah, and I can't. I have to have it done by the April date because I just want to be done and not think about it again. So why is the date April eighteenth? Well, it's because, of course, it's because of that Emancipation Day, mm-hmm. that famous holiday that we all celebrate on April sixteenth. We still go to work, right? The holiday is notable. Um, yeah, that's where. What is that? It's the. It was the date that Abraham Lincoln signed the District of Columbia Compensated Emancipation Act. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it, it they it falls on April sixteenth. So here's the rule about the April fifteenth tax filing deadline, right? Um, if the you know if April sixteenth falls on a Saturday or Sunday, this year it falls on a Saturday. Actually, April fifteenth is Good Friday, Carrie. Okay, that doesn't happen too often. Um, but the deadline. Oh, so if, if April sixteenth falls on a Saturday or Sunday, the federal and all state tax deadlines are moved to April eighteenth. Okay. Okay. If if Emancipation Day falls on a Monday, meaning Monday a 16th, then the deadline is April 17th. Clear as mud, Gary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, that filing extension date, October 15th, I actually get two more days this year. It's not till October 17th. Just get it done. Because of the weekend. All right. So what were we... Okay. So, so, so this was the number three of the four filing mistakes you can't afford to make is waiting until the last minute. So let's see what the author says. Okay, yeah, he admits taxes are due this year on April 18th, okay. Um, but it, okay, he says, but that doesn't mean you should wait until the 17th to get started. Well, okay, I agree with that. Okay. Um, you may come to realize that you're missing key information. You, you need to file your return. So the sooner you get the process started, the less stressed you'll be in that scenario. Waiting until the last minute to do your taxes could also mean having to rush through the process. And miss opportunities. And doing so could increase your chances of making a mistake. Right. Or like you're saying, what's even more maybe important, missing right. an opportunity. Um, and, and you know, you know, okay. What's the number fourth one? Not getting help. <laughs> I think I could have wrote this article. <laughs> All right. So if your taxes are fairly simple, then you may be able to file them yourself, either for free or by paying a modest fee for a tax software program. But if your tax situation is more complex, then it could pay to hire a professional. Not only might that reduce your chances of making an error, but it could also help you eke out more tax savings. There's the opportunities we're talking about. Um, all right, so so those are the four. So again, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but what are some of those things that are happening this year um okay so here's some other tax notes maybe a little bit more in depth all right people who make excessive contributions to 401ks are on the irs's radar okay okay so what they're talking about is the 401k contribution deferral limit right Right. Um, So for 2021, you know, that was 19,500. Or if you're above 50, you get to catch up to 26,000. But what the issue is, is that some taxpayers work for two companies. Mm -hmm. Okay. And during one year. Right. right? And they they and they start over with the with the new company. They start a new 401k plan and they start contributing to it. At a level that when you add the, the remaining months on the new 401k, when you add it to what they had done on the previous employer's 401k, they're over that limit. Because right. the new employer has no check way to know that they've gone over the limit. Right? Mm-hmm. 
So that is what's causing the problem historically. All right. Um, so you've got to be aware of that. It's a similar one, Carrie, that we see sometimes missed opportunities is when we have that same situation where uh, one of our clients has worked for two employees in one year, right? getting two W-2s per se, and the second, you know, so, so normally like for your Social Security tax, right. right? It's capped out, right? So for like for 2021, the maximum of your taxable wages that can be subject to Social Security tax is 142800 Okay. For 2022, that's 147,000, right? So we've many, over the decades many times we when a new client come into us and we were we start working with them during March Madness, we say, "Oh, you know, we find out that they're high income earners and that they work for two employers and both employers were withholding the right amount of social security." Neither one on their own got over the cap, but when you add them together, you're over the cap. Which means people aren't thinking. Who thinks about their payroll taxes being wrong? All right. So, I mean, that's kind of an automatic thing. You think, right. oh, I'm never going to get like whatever. Yeah, and, and it doesn't mean that the W-2s are wrong. You're exactly right. Right. The W-2s are right. It's just that it's a, it's a, it's a, a, you have to be aware of that. And you have to, when you file your return, you need to talk to your tax preparer. And say, you know, I, I got to recover this. You mean that they're not going to automatically say, hey, you overpaid well, us? I doubt it. Don't the, count on it. IRS? Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, but most m- most tax preparers will catch it. Right. Okay. Let's hope. Uh, but I've had, I've had clients where no tax, you know, it wasn't on their radar. Right. Well, because you're just, in all fairness, they're probably busy and just inputting from the okay. information they got. Here's another issue. If you got a 1099G form in the mail for unemployment benefits you never received, how many... Fraud? <laughs> how many? How much did that happen during? Millions. Yeah. Millions Even in Ohio, of U.S. They talk taxpayers. About. Governor DeWine got one. <laughs> That's funny. Um, all right. Here's a... You don't contact the IRS. Okay? Instead, call your state government that issued it. So, over the past two years, identity theft scammers have used stolen personal information of individuals to file fraudulent claims for unemployment compensation. The benefits were paid to the scammers. But the state governments have issued 1099-G forms to the innocent victims whose stolen information is the data the state has on file. Call the state agency and ask the operator to send a correct form. Report any theft to the Federal Trade Commission and the Justice Department's National Center for Disaster Fraud. How about unemployment? A lot of people received unemployment during the pandemic relief years, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So unemployment benefits are fully taxable for federal income tax purposes. By the way, it's also taxable here in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Now, in 2020, remember, the government excluded up to $10,200 in unemployment benefits from income. That doesn't apply for 2021. Okay. Okay. That was a break for 2020 only, year one of the RONA. It doesn't apply for year two of the RONA. Okay, so so for year two of the RONA, 2021, you have to report the full amount of your UE. Okay, um, okay. Um, now, there's also two letters that you may want to be looking for, Carrie. Okay. Um, So one is the letter 6419, and that has to deal with the advanced child okay. credit payment. All right. Now, I know that millennials don't listen to this radio show. Okay. All right. Um, but you parents out there, if you have children who have children, you might want to give them a heads up. Okay. All right. Um so many parents should have received letter 6419 in the mail. This notice includes the total amount of advanced child credit tax credit payments you received in 2021 and the number of qualifying children that IRS used to calculate the payments. Okay. If you filed a joint return with your spouse last year, then each of you will get a letter listing one half of the payments. 
That means joint filers must combine the amounts of the two letters when, when reconciling the child tax credit payments they received with the child credit that they are entitled to. See, that could be confusing. And if they're at the same house, wouldn't it make sense for them to send it to both? Because I could see people missing it, saying, oh, it's a duplicate because it's going to be the same amount and not worry about it. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a big one this year. Then a lot of people are going to mess up. Right. And, or they and, weren't looking for. Yeah. And, and it's the same thing with the stimulus check, the mm -hmm. four stimulus check. Right. We had a lot of people. I couldn't remember which one they got. And then there was no system to go back and confirm, you know, which ones or they thought they got it or that they didn't. And then they had to have a their tax preparer file an amended return. That was quite a bit last year that it happened. But, I mean, I can think that that's probably a problem waiting to happen. And I guess it's about being proactive, not only about tax preparation, but tax planning. Um, just want to remind people, you're listening to Financial Food for Thought, and we're sponsored by the estate planning team. And we offer the free no-obligation consultation for people, and we're happy to do that by phone or in person. You can call 440-239-2090 or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. Right. So for the recovery rebate credit, Carrie, what letter you're looking for is letter 6475. Okay. And again, it, it, it will tell you what the, what the government says they've already sent out to you. Okay. Now, if you didn't get any money, you, you still have a shot of getting it. Because again, remember the, the third stimulus check, wasn't based on the 2020 tax return like the first two were. Mm -hmm. It's going to be actually based on the 2021 tax return, which hasn't been filed yet. So what they did was they advanced it just like they did the first two stimulus checks. They advanced it ahead of time before the return is filed. Right. So that's why some people got checks that they should have gotten. Right. Because when they actually file their 2021 tax return, they're going to be over the threshold amounts, right? Right. But the good news is you don't have to give it back. Oh, how nice. Right. As a matter of fact, even dead people don't have to give it back. Which is ridiculous. Right. But what, what the opportunity miss is if they didn't send you the check because they all they didn't have your 2021 tax return. They were basing it on the previous year's tax return. Because you waited until October to file? <laughs> <laughs> no, this was, you know, this was done a long time ago. In other words, it, but maybe if you if you didn't file your October, right. if you didn't file your 2020 return to October, they might have been using your 2019 tax right. return. Right. So the idea is if they're using an earlier return than 2021, because it's the only one that they have record of you filing, and you weren't based on that level of income, you weren't supposed to get a check. You didn't get one. But now when you actually file 2021, you may be under the threshold. Which means you can get a credit. You might have had a baby since then. Right. Your kids might have had a baby where you get the extra credit. Or, you know, so, so yeah, so this is why you still have an opportunity. This is the last chance for the rebate credit. Right. There ain't no fourth stimulus check coming. Oh, even though now I run into headlines all the time about that. <sighs> I don't know where they're getting those amounts. Because they're saying that they've got uh, 3 million U.S. taxpayers to sign a petition that they'd like a fourth <laughs> stimulus check. <laughs> I'm just saying, if, since when does a petition generate revenue? Um, all right. So, all right, um, charitable. Okay, what what is re back for twenty twenty one is another pandemic relief, and that's the charitable deduction for non itemizers, Carrie. Right. Mm -hmm. So remember in twenty twenty, so what happened was you know with the higher standard deduction, a lot of people are no longer itemizing deductions. Therefore, they're not really getting any tax benefit for their charitable contributions. So in 2020, pandemic relief, the government said, you know what? We still want people giving to charity. So we'll give you a little break here. You'll be able to deduct up to $300 of cash charitable contributions and take an above-the-line deduction. So even if mm -hmm. though you're not itemizing, you'd still get to write that off. Remember, there was some confusion in that first year because we thought the way the law was written was that married filing jointly you could get $600, you know, $300 each. Mm -hmm. It wasn't clarified to much later in the year that that wasn't the case. Okay. That it was $300. But then magically for 2021, our government extended 
this deduction. Right. They didn't extend it beyond 2021, by the way. It's mm-hmm. not permanent. Right. But it was extended for 2020. And they said, by the way, Mary finally jointly, you can do 600. Okay. All right. Um, now, it's got to be cash. Right. Contributions. But they did another little tweak, Carrie. Okay. So in the first year, it was when I said above the line deduction, meaning it was above, it went into calculating your AGI. It took it off. Right. So it reduced your adjusted gross income by $300. Mm-hmm. This year for 2021, it's below AGI. Oh. So it That's does a little bit different. It doesn't reduce your adjusted gross income. It reduces your taxable income. Okay. Now, why that may it's not isn't a big math, issue. Isn't it mathematically just slightly different though? But there's a lot of thresholds carry that are based on AGI, and there's also a lot of tax thresholds that based are based on, on taxable income. So it depends on your case. Right. Now at three hundred dollars, it's not going to make much of a difference. It's six hundred. Just probably be consistent when they're like talk about complicated. Um, so if if you know if you're if you're looking or if you're not sure whether you, you know look for those letters, mm-hmm. okay, and they'll and then make sure you get those to your tax preparer. And you know, and if you and if you're and if you and if I we've lost you, call us. Right. Again, we know what questions or what information you need to be looking for to get ready to go to your tax preparer. We, we do that all the time. We have a lot of three-way phone calls mm-hmm. with our clients and their tax preparers. And we feel that gets you the best plan. Mm-hmm. Okay? And and being proactive. We're very and active. And you know what? The tax preparers appreciate it. Of Whether course they do. Whether it's a CPA do. or enrolled agent. That means everybody's on the same page. There's not... Things that they have to go back and redo, and if that something's not right. missed, and if you're doing it yourself, again, we can help you and say, yeah, you know, are you looking out for this? Are you looking out for that? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's the one thing about um, doing your own taxes is that a, a lot of times we say we don't we don't. It's not our concern as much that you're filing the taxes wrong, Carrie. Right? Mm-hmm. It may be more. Are you missing an opportunity? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, now I can get some really. Now, hopefully, I don't need to go into this tax warning, right? Okay. But I will for just for those out there who may be listening. Paying your taxes and filing returns are they voluntary? No, it's mandatory. I've seen that. There's been radio ads or commercials of you don't have to file your taxes. Okay, how about wages aren't taxable? Since when? How about the 16th Amendment is invalid? Therefore, I don't have to file. Mm, heard that one before. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of tax court cases about that one, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. These are examples of frivolous arguments that taxpayers have made over the years as excuses for not paying federal income tax or filing false returns. Of course, these claims don't prevail with IRS or the courts. And I would think the penalty and interest would add up. Well, if you get a frivolous argument penalty, Carrie, you get the dreaded 666 penalty, correct? Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. Worse? You're talking about frivolous? How about, let's see here. How about $25,000? Oh. Okay. That can get out, you know. All right, frivolous tax penalty. If you just and if you are reading one of these articles that says you don't have to file your tax returns and this because the Sixteenth Amendment is invalid, don't follow that. Bad idea. All right. Um, because guess what, your employer, um, your ten ninety nine is any of your income from an institution gets reported to the IRS, so they know. It'll catch up with you eventually, I believe. Yeah. Now, it doesn't, you know, and and I'm not saying that that $25,000 frivolous penalty is always going to be assessed. So here's a court case. Um, It's a case where a man, he filed a return reporting $174,956,000 of business income. Okay. Okay, Karen. Um, And then then (laughs) then he guesstimated his business expenses. Remember that was one of the things they told you not to do? Guesstimate, yeah. Yeah. 
So how much? So he had one hundred seventy-five thousand basically of income. How much expenses do you think he came up with? Like one hundred and seventy or one hundred seventy-four thousand eight twenty-nine. Oh, I like the eight twenty-nine instead of the nine fifty-six, right? Okay, mm, sounds um, like. Mm. So IRS acts the write-offs for lack of substantiation. Rather than challenging the merits of IRS's position, the man asserted groundless claims such as the U.S. is bankrupt and doesn't exist, and that the federal tax the federal tax statutes are not law. Do you think he won in tax court, Carrie? I think he lost big. Yeah, but they didn't charge him the $25,000. Well, I think that was a gift, and it was a good day for him. All right. Now, what, another... So here's a headline. Millions of Americans have no idea they're eligible for tax credits up to eighteen up to $8,000. Okay. Okay. The problem here is, Carrie, that millions of tax fraud identity thieves do. Okay. All right. Um, so w- with all this electronic filing, the IRS has created a monster. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, there, I don't know what you do. I, I would not want to be in the Honorable Charles Reddick's shoes because IRS, I mean, what do you do? So they, with, with, you know, there's 175 million tax returns being filed, Carrie. If everyone was filing by paper. Oh, that'd be a nightmare. I mean, for the mail. I mean, right now, only 10% of them are still being filed by paper. If everyone raised their hand if they're filing by paper. <laughs> Carrie, I mean, am I the only one with my hand up? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I haven't filed by paper in years. Um, now, the. So. But even only 10% filing by paper, the IRS is so bogged down, they still haven't processed 17 million, or, or I, don't know, I don't know how many, no, I don't know how many of, of the, you know, they haven't even processed them all up for last right. year. The 2020 tax returns that were filed by paper aren't even, some of them are still probably in unopened envelopes sitting in some IRS in basket. And, and a lot of those envelopes may contain checks. Mm. A lot of those unopened, unprocessed paper tax returns, requested refunds that obviously haven't been issued yet because no one's processed them yet. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine the problem where we're going into another tax return that has to be filed when the previous years hasn't even been processed yet. Can you imagine the, 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 the circular reference errors that's going to create? It's mind-boggling to me. And, and and so that's partly the problem. But so in what caused the bat? Well, blame it on the Rona. Because the IRS, just like all the other businesses, shut down. All the IRS workers were sick. But also the IRS has done. I mean, with all the with all the popular press on the IRS, do you think a lot of people want to go to work for them? Carrie? I don't know. Well, it's a, a government job. You get days off. Good benefits. I don't know. Well, I, I mean. I don't know either, but the IRS is saying that they met only 67% of their hiring goal as tax processing. Well, just I was going to say, just like everywhere else is right. having trouble hiring people. Okay. Um, so, but, so what's this idea about, so, so what I'm saying about what problem was, so when they went to electronic filing, it's really easy and quick to file a tax return. Right. So what the tax identity thieves did, they, they, they would steal identities because mm-hmm. they're filing electronically. Right? right. It's easy to do if you have the name and social security number. And then they just quickly filed a tax return, realized, well, reported and nothing just to get the earned income tax credit back. Mm-hmm. Millions and millions. So then when the real taxpayer went to file. There's a problem. They got the notice saying, well, your return's already been processed. And that's a problem. That's a nightmare for people. But yet the government still says everybody has to file electronically. Okay. Um, so I don't know. You know. So so the IRS said, well, okay, well, we need to do something to crack down on the identity theft right. of these electronic returns, right? So they're not having a lot of good, you know, not having a lot of good, you know, luck with that. All right. Um, 
So one of the things is that they did was that they said, well, what we're going to try to do is it's called the PATH Act. And I don't I forget what the acronym stands for. Right. But what it does, it says that even if you even if a taxpayer filed really early Mm -hmm. and they and it ended up where they were getting a refund, probably because of one of these earned income credits or one of these child tax credits that even if they don't owe any taxes, they still get refunded the money, right? right? That's what has to do with that child tax credit. Even if you don't, even if normally you wouldn't have to file a return, you don't get the credit if you don't file. Right. Same you thing with the earned income file. credit. Right. So what they did was they said, and what they realized is the identity thefts, they were filing so quickly because they wanted to get in before the real taxpayer filed. Right. Mm-hmm. So what the IRS did a couple of years ago, they, they created this act that says even if somebody filed early, they would not issue any of these refunds, credits or whatever until like February 15th. OK, but now everyone's blaming the IRS because these are the dire people who need this income. So they're filing as soon as they could after January 24th. Normally, they would have their, their refund right. check long before February 15th. So the IRS is losing that battle. But I, I think two weeks is two, three weeks is reasonable in this with circumstances. And OK, um, so now the IRS tried something else to cut down on the identity theft fraud. And that was they were going to do a facial recognition uh, security system. I did hear system, about that. Right? And, and, oh, the media went wild with that. And, 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 and I was, how could the IRS require us to send the selfie? Well, I, I, okay, and, Carrie. And, and not even that. Are they going to, like, verify? I mean, well, just because they do that doesn't mean... Maybe that would work. My point is, I don't know. I, think... I am much more concerned about an identity theft stealing my identity than I am with the IRS having a selfie of me. Right, but do you understand if you're putting all that out there in addition with a picture of yourself, you're probably making it easier for identity people to create IDs or like you're giving them more ammo, at least from a cybersecurity standpoint? I don't know. So again, that plan failed. Right. They got so much, you know backlash on that they they scrapped that plan right and now we're waiting to see what their new security right you know what am i trying to say their security control protocol are be. right all right regardless of that if you want to be proactive when it comes to your financial life whether you're someone who is working or you're in retirement and maybe you're facing required minimum or you're retired and you're not there yet. And even if you don't need that money, um, IRA or company plan distributions, you may be missing an opportunity and want to look at that this year. Um, and it may help you create future tax efficient income. And we can show you if you schedule a free consultation that includes a free preliminary analysis. And you can call the estate planning team at 440 440- Two three nine twenty ninety. That's four four zero two three nine twenty ninety. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, and listen to Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. Estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over thirty-five years. And over those decades, Kara, we've never had to deal with a seven and a half percent inflation handle. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I. Oh, there you go. I'm not going to get through the show without talking about. So my question here is, will Biden inflation put an end to the Great Resignation, Gary? Mm. So everybody knows what the Great Resignation is, right? And where people just aren't going back to work. A lot of the baby boomers decided to retire earlier because they got kind of like working from home. And when the office said, come back to work, they said, I really kind of don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had all the stimulus money that was dropped in their laps. They had a pretty good stock market up until this year, you know, right. the years. so they were feeling pretty good about their 401k balances and said, Hey, I think I can swing it. Mm-hmm. Right. But now going into 2022, it's a little different picture, right? Mm-hmm. The cash reserves may be getting a little bit low. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, the four, there's no four stimulus check coming. Right. All right. Um, prices are going up. I think people are getting worried. Um, and we just got the last Social Security trustees report that says, okay, Social Security is going to have problems in twenty by 2034 if Congress does nothing. All right. So is that changing your mind about retiring now or not? Or do you know? 
I think a lot of people just make a decision on staying because they feel like they should or leaving because they feel like they should because they don't really have a process to know. And that's what a plan does. Now, if you were planning on joining the Great Resignation and you're not 59 and a half yet, well, there's some help for you guys, right? Because the the government slightly changed the 72T election rules, carry, right? So if you've listened to the show, you know the 72T election is refers to Internal Revenue Code section is a way that you can get money out of your IRA or 401k before the age 59 and a half without having to pay that 10% early withdrawal penalty, right? And the way you have to do it is um, you, you have to... Um, you have to create a, what they call a substantially equal periodic payment, right? Or, uh, you know, and, and so you take your IRA and you say, okay, I'm going to, you know, use some type of life expectancy. And I'm going to start taking money out. As long as I don't take it out too quickly or within those parameters, I'm not going to be charged the 10% early withdrawal penalty, right? Now, if you start this, you have to follow the plan for at least five years or until you attain age 59 and a half, whichever is later, okay? Now, there's basically three methods that you can choose. You know, one is what's called the required minimum distribution method. That's where you divide your account balance by the number of years taken from the revenue services life expectancy tables. Okay, so that, and that's the, uh, the lowest amount that you're going to get, all right? Then there's what's called the fixed amortization method. And they say, you know, this is similar to a mortgage. You determine your annual payment by amortizing the account balance over a specific number of years using the life expectancy tables and interest rates. Okay. And the third method available to you is the fixed annuitization method. And that's where you divide your account balance by an annuity factor and an interest rate. Okay. Um, Now, and that's the one that's changing. Okay, to, you know, if you're trying to get the most, because what happened was with the interest rates going up. All right, they the IRS or the government, whatever under, you know, has changed. So previously, Carrie, you would use what when the IRS publishes the rates, the monthly rate, for example, was one point five, two percent. Okay, that was what it was in December. All right. Under the new ruling, the floor rate now is 5%. That's a big difference. Right. So if you're doing this, that could be the difference between maybe, uh, you know, they give an example where under the 1.52%, the payment would have been about 36000 Under the 5%, it's 60000 That's a big difference. So so there is some relief there, but there's a lot of rules. There are a lot of things you got to know about this. You certainly want to coordinate your advisors. If you're, in, you know... That's what we have to talk about. We'll talk more about this next All week. right. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.